Sherm Chester along with Sam Bruno and our special guest today, Associate Athletic Director for Marketing and Communications for the UNH Wildcats, Mike Murphy is with us. Mike, welcome back. Hey guys, great to be on with you again. Here we are in spring. Before we uh, get going on uh, spring sports over in Durham, uh, let's recap a little bit about the winter. Uh, looks like everybody got through the pandemic okay, and it was almost a normal winter season. Would you say that? Yeah, we got to a point where the mask mandates were lifted right at the end of hockey season, and our ski team had its best ever finish at the NCAA championships, and our gymnastics team is still going, guys. In fact, as we talk today, I'm packing my bags in the other room because for the first time in my life, I'm going to Auburn University for Three members of the Wildcat gymnastics team are competing in the NCAA regionals, and that will put an end to the winter season. And then spring, we're still going with lacrosse, track and field, and spring football, which is a always exciting time to get us geared up for the fall. Basketball and hockey. I, I was really encouraged by the play of the basketball team this year. I think uh, they took a major step forward. It was a fun year. It certainly was, and it ended in disappointment with a, a tough loss in the uh, quarterfinals of America East. But isn't it something this time of year, you watch the March Madness tournament, you see a school like St. Peter's, and you can be forgiven for saying, can't wait till that's UNH, right? Because you want to get caught up in that. But there was a lot of talent out there. Coach Arian built a great team, very competitive, earned home court advantage. And the game that they lost was a classic game. Uh, it was Unfortunately, the, the winning team remembers the classics more than the losing team, and that's the unforgiving nature but a uh, real fun squad to watch hockey had a good run, went to overtime in the opening round of the hockey East playoffs before succumbing to Boston college on the road. So fun year, always fun, but not the results anybody was, was looking for. I thought uh, where you'd mentioned that you're luckily going down South where it's a lot warmer than it is here in new England uh, right now. Uh, but the Frozen Four is going to be played in Boston this year. Uh, the NCAA is coming to Boston. So anybody looking for some big-time college hockey uh, just have to go to the TD Garden. Who's your pick there? Oh, it's tough. I guess I have to go with Minnesota State. Uh, they, they're like the underdog of Minnesota schools, and there's a lot of those around. But Benton Mass, who was a defenseman for the Wildcats and played his four years for UNH, here in his extra year of eligibility, went back home to Minnesota. And he's a defenseman on that main Cato team. So go Minnesota State. No Hockey East representatives. You know, UMass won it all last year, but UMass, Northeastern, UMass, Lowell all knocked out in the earlier rounds. We got the schedule and uh, for the fall, but that spring game coming up, there should be a, a lot of interesting uh, uh, new looks to the team. Explain the, the, the philosophy of Rick Santos, the new head coach of, of the Wildcats, and what we're expecting from, from the team this season. Well, I'm still learning the nuances of what it means to play under Coach Santos, but he did. He's definitely changing things, not night and day from Coach Mack, because they don't replace a legend and dump out everything he taught, or especially for the success this program has had. But in terms of spring, one thing Coach Santos did differently is he started the spring football practice schedule a week before UNH's spring break, and then the guys went and had a spring break. Then they came back and they resumed. Normally, spring football football doesn't start say normally in the coach Mac era spring football started right around April 1st and then it went right up to the spring game at the first weekend of May right before finals in this case we're going to do spring football the, the spring blue white game that represents the end of the spring camp is Thursday the 14th of April so a Thursday night game 
seven o'clock under the lights, get a chance to see the 22 Wildcats for the first time. Mike, during the recruiting season, uh, can you give us a quick update of uh, how the recruiting season went for Coach Santos? You're always happy about your recruits, and this they're, they're, there's no exception. They're pretty thrilled with the group they have. And from the New Hampshire perspective, Peyton Strickland, 6'3", 227 tight end. But you go to Londonderry, Colby Ramshaw, shout out to his father, Mike, the president of the New Hampshire Fisher Cats. He's there. Jackson Stone, uh, who is a safety from Lebanon High School, has joined the mix as well. Kids from Massachusetts, kids from as far away as, as Georgia. You know, there's a quarterback from Georgia named Barry Kleinpeter from Savannah. And, you know, we have a quarterback from Georgia right now in Max Brosmer. So it shows the full scope of recruiting that you go everywhere from Florida to Maryland to Georgia, but right here in New England as well. It's important to bring folks in. And, you know, there's been some transfers as well that happens as guys try to get uh, situated with the program. In the meantime, we'll wait for all those future Wildcats to get here over the summer. The spring game is more about those who we last saw in November and how they've progressed in the months since. What about some of those names, uh, some of the standouts we're going to be looking at uh, on the 14th? Well, it's good to have someone like Dylan Lowby back again because he was a standout. Sean Coyne as a wide receiver you always want to see again. Josiah Silver was the CAA Rookie of the Year as a defensive end. We'll see how he has progressed. But the interesting thing is quarterback. Everyone wants to see the quarterbacks. And the incumbent was Max Brosmer, talked about him. He missed the season with injury. And then you had the new starter was Brett Edwards, who played the majority of the year. Well, both Max and Brett are nursing injuries. They're both expected back for training camp, but neither one will appear in the spring game, which is exciting in the sense that we'll see others. Now, you guys watched, people who watched last year saw Brody McAndrew as a freshman get in. He played late in the year. I don't want to say he was the Tim Tebow, but you saw some of that where there were some plays written for McAndrew, even when Edwards was healthy. And then Zane Olmstead, who's from Andover, Mass., went to Phillips Academy. Zane has been playing a lot of the snaps in spring. So we'll see Brody and Zane get out there and show what they can do. Team Wild versus Team Cats, right? <laughs> yes. And, and to explain the format, and, and it used to be different, guys. It used to be where if you had a full roster, the coaches would draft teams. So you literally would have one coaching staff have a team wild and one have team cats. Now we do that for the benefit of the live audience and attendance is free. But in reality, it's simply offense versus defense. And you, you measure up how you're doing at the end of uh, the game. And the coach, people who look at the stats will see simply that. We'll see how Zidane Williams and Noah Stansberry and Max Oxendine and the defensive players are matching up against these offensive guys we just talked about. Mike, taking a look at the upcoming schedule starting on September 1st, we've got some new teams coming to Durham, uh, namely Monmouth and North Carolina Central. Uh, tell us a little bit about those schools. Uh, I will when I know, but uh, I, I will say this much. The schedule came out just recently and fans are accustomed to getting the schedule in November usually. It's a nice touch that before the current season ends, you have a sneak peek at what's to come. It's good to renew season tickets and get excitement going. But the CAA is in a state of transition. James Madison leaving, and there was talk about who would come in. And so Monmouth is one of these teams that's new to the CAA, and North Carolina Central is a non-conference game. Monmouth was originally supposed to be a non-conference game. So they were already on the schedule, but lo and behold, 
they're now a CAA game. So you start the season on a Thursday night against a team that's new to the league, trying to move up. We know Monmouth basketball-wise has been a very good school, but haven't seen them play football here. North Carolina Central is from the MEAC, and UNH has played some schools from that conference before, most notably Hampton in the playoffs, and Hampton now coming to the CAA. So it's it's interesting, but I like the way the schedule shapes up, and we start at home for the first time, I say since 2017. From a traditional football standpoint, to be able to open up on a Thursday night, that hasn't happened since way back when 2017 was here in one of the most uh, amazing atmospheres I'd witnessed at Wildcat Stadium. Tell us a little bit about Coach Santos's uh, staff, uh, names that we recognize. Well, Garrett Gillick, he's been the linebacker coach for a long time, but a terrific guy, amazing coach. All the talk of Coach McDonald's retirement, rightfully so, deserved the accolades. What went under the radar was the retirement of John Lyons, the longtime Dartmouth head coach, longtime defensive coordinator. So with Gillick being upgraded, you still have a lot of uh, the same systems in play. Naeem Wartman White, former Penn State player, second year, he'll be the defensive line coach. And Casey DeAndrade is back. You guys remember Casey as a player, got his coaching career started at UNH. On the offensive side, Brian Scott's the offensive coordinator, offensive line coach. Uh, Drew Belcher, who's a former Maine quarterback, was the running backs coach. He'll get a shot at being the quarterback coach, which is what Coach Santos had done when he was still the associate head coach. Ed Borden is a tight end coach and recruiting coordinator. He's been here a while. Stephen Barnett is new, former Richmond wide receiver. He'll be the wide receivers coach. So there are a good mix of guys who have been around and folks from different organizations who are, are now joining. And Garrett McLaughlin, I should not leave out. He's defensive end coach and special teams coordinator. In fact, Garrett, I know Roger Brown is a oftentimes contributor to this program. Garrett will be part of a Joe Ukeka high school coaches presentation on Friday, April 1st. It's a kind of a neat thing where the high school coaches come to the stadium, observe a Wildcat practice, hear from Coach Santos, and some of the high school coaches present, some of the Wildcat coaches present, and it's a real good bonding. You want to have relationships with the New Hampshire high school coaches when those good players are looking for an opportunity. You want that to be at UNH. Uh, the schedule was announced. I know on Channel 9, <laughs> Jamie Staten automatically gave you guys a berth into the FCS playoffs. <laughs> now we got to play the games. That's the first thing, obviously. But uh, I guess he was suggesting because James Madison wasn't part of that that uh, lineup this year. Uh, it was more of a cakewalk. What was the reaction when James Madison wasn't put on the schedule this year? Well, Jamie Staten is unabashedly a Wildcat supporter, so I love his optimism. Jamie is always fantastic as far as his coverage. But even when he He's not covering the game. I'll hear from him during games. Like he wants us to win so badly. And I love that he's ready to go and get us back to some glory days. Uh, the James Madison situation is they left. They're going to the FBS. So this is a new era for CAA football. And that's why we had to wait to see how the schedule shuffled because who were the new teams coming in? And Monmouth is one of them that we face. But we don't face Delaware. We don't face William & Mary. We don't face Villanova. We do have teams like Towson and Elon and Richmond on the schedule from the South. Uh, the Delaware one would have been fun in the sense that Ryan Carty is the head coach there now. And Ryan was a longtime offensive coordinator at UNH. So 
for Santos and Cardi in their first year would have been neat. Maybe we'll see them in the playoffs. All that being said, I'm not ready to go ahead and punch the Wildcats ticket. Uh, the CIA is a battle every single week. It, it will be fun, no doubt, and I expect a real competitive team. But I won't go as far as Jamie did on in front of his thousands and thousands of fans. Back to Coach Santos. Uh, following a legend, uh, you have to kind of make it your own and do it your own way, but be subtle about it, obviously. Um, do you see, just from the short time you've been exposed to what's going on with the, the team under Coach Santos, are you seeing any subtle changes or or are we going to see a more run and gun or um, a passing team this year? What Do you see any of that coming up? Here's what I can tell you so far, Sherm. I broached the subject, simply asked if there was a chance we could live stream the spring game on April 14th, let fans watch on YouTube or some such thing. And he was quick to say, no, we don't want to show what we're working on uh, just yet. So that actually excited me as much as, you know, fans can come in person. As I said, it's free and see what they have, but I expect some different things. I mean, it was different when Ricky Santos was a player here to change the entire culture. Uh, the culture does not need to be changed at UNH, but innovation, that was what he did when he played. And I would suspect at the helm, he's looking to innovate each and every time the Wildcats take the field. And, and you brought it up earlier last year at the end of the season, he kind of rotated the quarterbacks out and, and we saw some teams from elsewhere that did the same thing. Uh, uh, situational quarterbacking. Do you see some of that coming up this season or more of that this season for uh, the Wildcats? I would think so. And Dartmouth was the one that came to mind in that granite bowl. They really did a heck of a job in rotating two QBs. I don't know if I can go so far as to say that's how it's going to be each and every game. Fact is, Max Brosmer was the incumbent, but we haven't seen Max play in a long time because he's rehabilitating. And so Brett Edwards has played so well. Now McAndrew getting an opportunity in the spring to get reps with the ones. So there'll be competition there. Everyone wants to know who the QB is. And yet you want to keep your full roster engaged any way you can. And uh, Santos knows all about that. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to a lot of wrinkles when the team takes the field. I don't know. We're going to go to Chip Kelly era where the team would score in less than a minute and the defense would still be gassed. Uh, but I, I think there's a balance there as UNH has become a much more balanced. I mean, our defense has been really good these last few years and I suspect we're not going to get any weaker on that side and you want to score but sometimes you don't want to score in the first play as uh, we were known back in in Santos's playing days and Sam where you're in charge of marketing and communications uh any uh new events or uh promotions that uh, are going to be coming up for the Wildcats so glad you asked Sam the answer is yes <laughs> and the other answer is when we find out that spring game, we really want fans coming out. So we're going to unveil on April 14th, the promotional calendar. We'll announce the game times for the season and just, it'll be on social media as well. We understand that everybody can make it, but that's the date we're targeting. Uh, tickets are on sale now for season tickets and people are purchasing those and they can renew or get new season tickets online. But as far as what we'll be looking at from a promotional standpoint and what time kickoffs will be, That'll be known before too long, guys. Just can't break that quite yet. Okay. How about the uh, UNH Athletics YouTube channel? Tell me a little bit about that. Well, I mean, the YouTube channel is fantastic for uh, catching up on highlights of everything, every game, every meet that we have. Um, 
we don't often do live broadcasts on YouTube anymore, although we did. We've seen success with our gymnastics, of all things, really popular fan base. And so a live YouTube of a gymnastics meet will get thousands of followers. And then you can watch it in perpetuity. You go to our gymnastics page right now, you can watch in, re- in entirety full meets. But with ESPN contractual obligations with most of our sports, flow football for UNH football, some of the live games, we have to be cognizant of where the content goes. But YouTube is great for behind the scenes, access, highlights, interviews, and just keeping up with everything UNH athletics. So I would encourage anybody who has a passion for the Wildcats to subscribe to UNH athletics on YouTube. And something else I want to bring up, a program, uh, this, this, as we have been doing, is uh, both a televised version of the Seco Sports Forum and a podcast. And you have a podcast, the UNH Wildcast. Tell us about that and also some of the guests you got coming up or are currently in, in, the, uh, in, the, in the queue, as they say. I love the Wildcast, powered by Unitil. It's a lot of fun just to do shows like this and uh, interview people and tell stories of UNH. So one of the big things going on now is the 603 Challenge. It starts on April 8th. It's the annual fundraising week. It's five days, but that is where everybody and anybody associated with UNH is asked to give. And athletics is a big part of it, but it's the entire university. So starting at midnight, 12.01 a.m., it's a Friday, April 8th, going up and through August 12th, people donate. And if you give up to $300, it could be matched $300 by the university. So people jump in real quick. And it's such a great challenge. Football, skiing, they're both very involved. Men's soccer has been really good. So I'm talking to these coaches. So I'm going to have like a Rick Santos episode first 100 days in office. And I'll probably get more of these answers that you guys are asking me from him directly. Uh, Talk to Mark Hubbard about what the men's soccer team has done to get people excited. Our ski team, we're going to have an episode with them over the best finish in school history at the NCAAs. But I'm going even deeper. Gymnastics, there's an episode right now on the three gymnasts who are headed to Auburn. And the cheerleading team. That's right, guys, the cheerleading team. There you go. They're going to the NCA championships, not NCAA, but Daytona Beach, Florida. It's a new popular TV series, by the way, Netflix called Cheer that people are go berserk for. But our cheerleading team which won the 2017 national championship. They're headed to Daytona Beach, uh, Daytona Beach. So I'm going to be talking to their coach and a couple of their members because you think about what they do in the sidelines of games. You don't think about the competitive element. And right. this, is their, this is their big time of year. Just some of the guests coming up on the UNH Wildcast. Uh, They're fun. Podcasting is fun. I mean, it's uh, technically a lot easier. (laughs) We're we're old broadcasters, so, uh, you know, we're used to to not having to dress up for the occasion and just have a microphone. Have microphone, we'll travel. And you can kind of do things on the fly. And uh, that's what I love about podcasting. We can take uh, and just go anywhere and do anything and and have some fun with it and not have to worry about having a lot of technical support. (laughs) It, that's true. And, and it's also, as you know, but just by talking to people, you learn things, you get to know yeah. people better, you tell their stories and it's fun. It's yeah. relaxed. And I remember the days of, and I hope these come back, to be honest, we did a weekly coaches show and yeah. we'd be out in the public. It might be a Buffalo Wild Wings when it was open in Newington or Cisco Brewers in Portsmouth. And you bring in coaches or bring in athletes and then the public, the fans come and they get a chance to, to meet them and ask them a few questions and there's food and libations, which is never a bad thing. But right now, the podcast is great because, as you point out, 
not only from hosting is it convenient, but listening is convenient. You can pop yeah. it on your car for five minutes and do something else, go back to it. You don't miss things like we did forever when everything was live. Exactly. Yeah, you can tell you, do it at your convenience. And, and I like the part of being able to talk, like you just said, a conversation. I try to make this a conversation between two people and uh, you don't have to worry about, like I say, all the fault are all about, uh, hey, you got to move into the light or you're going to move over here or, or adjust this or just <laughs> have microphone, we'll travel. <laughs> Long live radio. I've been told many times I have a face for radio. Well, tell you what, <laughs> oh, you're talking to two veterans we've, here. We've said it before. <laughs> that is where the, the rubber meets the road. If you can do a radio broadcast of any sport, you are a pro. Uh, television, it, it's not easy, obviously. You've got a lot of people talking to you, a lot of things going on. But radio, you paint the picture. You have to be able to tell the listener what's happening, whether it's a cold and snowy day out there on the field. you got to tell them that and make it, make it part of that, that broadcast. Make them immersive in that broadcast. You know. Oh, I do, and you, and you get me excited talking about it. But if I can take this off-road for a moment, and you can always cut this out because you're a great podcast host, Sherm. I want to ask Sam Bruno about a game I did on the radio that recently came up through our friend Jamie Staten. Yeah, okay. That was going to be my two-minute drill, so go ahead. That You do it. No, you do I it. I didn't do it, but I mean, I have to ask because it was 1997, you went uh, – Conquered high against Manchester Central, boys basketball, Class L at the time. And I was in my first year as the radio announcer on WKXL for Concord High Boys Basketball. And Matt Bonner was the star of that team. He certainly wasn't alone, but Ryan Day was a big part of Manchester Central's. And Jamie Staten did a great job in commemorating the anniversary. And that's when I found out, Sam, your involvement. So I've been meaning to ask you about that. And now is my chance. Well, we must have been up in the crow's nest up there at Lundholm Gym together, because uh, I don't think radio stations were broadcasting on the floor at that time. So you must have been up there. And uh, I was working for Continental Cablevision at that time with a, a young man by the name of Ben Cloutier. And we had been doing high school games of the week on Continental Cablevision all season long. And eventually we got to that game, that Class L classic game between Concord and Manchester Central. And uh, boy, what a whale of a game it was. And it came down to that final shot by, by Ryan Day. And uh, Jamie Staten gave me a call a couple of weeks ago and said, hey, I'm putting together a a commemorative story for the 25th anniversary of that game. Do I have permission to use your call on that game? And I said, well, of course you do. Uh, and I had, I had really, you know, it had, that clip had come up a few times when Ryan Day got hired at Ohio State. And when he became the head coach of Ohio State, people dug in and said, hey, he was a pretty good basketball player as well. And they found that game. And again, I was I was lucky enough to make the call of that game, and uh, uh, boy, did it that bring back a lot of memories. Do you have that tape? Do you have that tape in your collection? I do not. I do not. Wow. I do not. Wow. I have I have I have tapes of a lot of stuff. I have tapes when I was covering the Lobster Man in wrestling. So you know, but I don't. <laughs> but I don't have that one. And we won't tell who the Lobster Man was, right, Justin McIsaac? <laughs> <laughs> The got you hold. <laughs> Two-minute drill time. Sam, why don't you start off? <laughs> well, uh, you know, I've been thinking about uh, this for, for a couple of days now, but, you know, I don't think I have ever enjoyed an NCAA basketball tournament as much as this one. Uh, what games, what excitement. 
uh, everybody's bracket getting destroyed in the first couple of weeks. Uh, I enjoyed looking at the ESPN bracket and found that I had 14 million people in front of me in my bracket. Uh, but boy, what games. And looking forward to the final four coming up with uh, Duke and North Carolina and Villanova and Kansas. I'll be intently watching those games as I've watched almost every game Uh that's been on during these times. Uh, I've got so many uh, shows that I usually watch backed up on my DVR because I'm just watching basketball all the time. Uh, but I, I guess when it's down to four, maybe I might be able to get this right and say that uh, that Duke will probably advance. And uh, I like the scrappiness of Villanova. So I, I guess I'm going to say it's going to be Duke and Villanova in the final two. So in the other two minute drills, Mike's and your Sherm, you got to give me your NCAA pick. All right. Well, Mike, uh, you're up. You, you're you're a two-minute drill. I'll start with March Madness as well, and it goes back to the St. Peter's story we talked about. How many times since the start of the tournament and St. Peter's beat Kentucky and followed up with winning against Purdue and Murray State, but they showed the campus. They showed, look at this arena compared to the team they beat. And I keep thinking, come to Lundholm, Right. You check out our arena and you probably want what St. Peter's has, right? In some cases, but it is the dream of the, of the mid majors to make a run. And uh, the Peacocks did what we all dream. The Wildcats will do one day. And that's why you tip it up and be part of a magical run. Now, as far as the final four, it is amazing. Maybe it's the blue bloods and that's okay. Because I feel like the first four days of the tournament are all about the little guy. And then the final four is all about the big guy. So to have these four schools, it is exciting. You could not have scripted much better the first time ever in the tournament, Duke against North Carolina, where either Coach K can vanquish his rivals and make amends for losing in his final home game, or Hubert Davis and the Tar Heels can really end Coach K's career, beating him in the ACC uh, regular season finale, then beating him again in the NCAA tournament on their way to a national championship. I'm not that sentimental, but I do think Duke gets by Carolina this time. And I think Kansas is going to get by Villanova. Uh, they're a, sh a depleted team. Jay Wright's unbelievable. But I am anticipating a Roy, Roy Williams dream. Uh, uh, as Well, actually, Duke beats Carolina. But Duke against Kansas. And a winner, Kansas. I think the uh, Coach K gets close, but no fairytale ending. Give me the Jayhawks, Sherm. You know what? <clears throat> I, Kansas is my only number one left. I picked all four number ones to go into the final four and <laughs> one by one and seeing them <laughs> just taken out. Uh, we remember when Gonzaga was the Cinderella team a few years back, and then all of a sudden they became a perennial. Uh, and Coach K uh, and Duke, I mean, that probably would be the Cinderella ending for his career and and, and for the tournament. Um, you know, I, I, I have no dog in the fight. I guess the sentimentalist in me, and it was 30 years ago, by the way, that the Duke came up with their national championship with uh, Christian Leitner. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll go with, with Duke. I'll, I'll go with Coach K uh, one more time, and uh, I, it should be a good game. That's all. Whoever, whoever takes it is going to be – it's going to be a tight game. Let's put it that way. That'll be my prediction. Didn't Duke beat Kansas when they won that national championship? I know they beat UNLV in the Final Four and avenged the year before. When You're right. You're right. Absolutely. It would be somewhat fitting if uh, Duke and Kansas met again. That's right. I, I, I never thought of that angle. You're right. My two-minute draw, I'm just going to say I'm looking forward to 
in back uh, behind the PA mic down there at Wildcat Stadium. And uh, April 14th will be Team Wild versus Team Cats. We'll get a preview of the the uh, the team under Rick Santos's uh, uh, management. And uh, I'm I know Sam, you're looking forward to it as well. Uh, and and again, Mike, you want to let everybody know it's it's open to the public on the 14th Thursday night, seven o'clock. Correct? Thursday night, seven o'clock. The weather will be beautiful. Uh, come in. It's our last chance to see the football team before the summer comes around and get yourself excited before that September 1st, Thursday night opener. So it's a good tease that Thursday night spring game, Thursday night first game of 2022. And Coach Santos, uh, from what I've read, uh, he's going to be, it's just not going to be a, a summer break for these guys. They're going to be working out all the time. He's, he's got them focused so that come September, we're ready to rock and roll. Correct. Yes. Yes. Even though camp ends, uh, spring ball ends on the 14th, the, the working just begins. And a lot of this is driven by the upperclassmen. Then all those freshmen we talked about earlier will get to campus after the 4th of July. But um, as far as there's all, there's no off season, right? Whether you're lifting, doing the mat drills or in some kind of camp, these guys are always preparing for the season. And that's what makes them pretty special athletes. I know it's going to be exciting. We're looking forward to it and uh, want to thank the Associate Athletic Director of Marketing and Communications for the UNH Wildcats, Mike Murphy, and also the host of the UNH Wildcast, available on all major platforms. And I know, Mike, give a, give give what you say at, during every broadcast about uh, subscribing and whatever. This is something I got to get. I got to write this down so I do it when we put our podcast up. Go ahead. Well, please leave a review, five mm -hmm. stars only. Mm -hmm. If you don't leave a five-star review, it says more about you than it does about me. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you very much for joining us today. I'm Sherm Chester for Sam Bruno and Mike Murphy. Join us again for our next edition of the Seco Sports Forum. Be sure to subscribe and hit the bell to get notified about new episodes of the Seco Sports Forum. Follow the Sports Forum team behind the scenes on our Facebook and Twitter pages. This is Sherm Chester inviting you to join us for the next edition of the Seco Sports Forum. Seco Sports Forum.